This copyrighted podcast of the James Perspective has been paid for and funded by James M. Wilkerson. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this podcast are a permutation and combination of words and sentences used in this podcast without the express written consent of James M. Wilkerson and the James Perspective is strictly prohibited. Good morning, guys. How we doing? Good morning. Fine. Good morning. Good morning. Do not adjust your set. That sound is Pastor Chris Witt. He's here today in his capacity as Chris. That's, <laughs> on a, that's one way of putting on it. On a secular day. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know this, um, I was probably in about the fifth grade when, when Chris became an anti-communist. He's been an anti-communist that long. But I don't hold it against him that I have been a communist longer. <laughs> I'm not sure about all of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think maybe the sleep's gone. Anyway, like a sleep. There you go. Yeah. Hey, listen, listen. It is obvious that that Donald Trump's listening to this podcast. He called the Democrats commies last night. Really? Yes, he did. Well, good for him because it's the truth. Yeah, you know, he starts it the same way. Of course, uh, we, your favorite president. Of course, we can all get into trouble for saying that now. I'm okay with that. I'm glad. <laughs> if that's what's going to get me in trouble, you know. You know, one day it, it's uh, Dwayne's on here. I don't know if you know Dwayne. Yeah, you know Dwayne, don't you? He's Dwayne? podcasted with a few times. Uh, no, I, I probably if I saw him. All right, Dwayne Schrum is one of the the uh, deathbed gifts. That Big Jim gave to me. He and and Duke uh, Duke Norris is that right? Gone blank. Norris, I had any sleep. There's no telling what I'm gonna say. Anyway, he uh, those two D- Big Jim. He he gave me that as a as a inheritance. And Dwayne's extremely smart, and he does a lot of our. Um, he he's our big picture guy and our technology guy. Uh, so so anyway, now that now that Chris is caught up as to here, Glenn of course is on here. Um, you know that that's the that was the big news. Now, um, Glenn, we, we, all right. So, but for whatever it's worth, that we're not going to worry about the big booty Trudy case until tomorrow. That's when Sarah's. Oh, that'll be, actually be played next Monday. But Sarah is listening to all of the. What's her name? Isn't that big booty Trudy? Uh, yeah, it's not big booty Trudy. It's. Uh, Big Willis. Big Fanny. Fanny. Okay. Yes. Big Fanny. I know. I know her. Yes. We're going to cover that, which actually will be next Monday. We'll record it Wednesday. But Sarah's Sarah's listened to and watched and read all about it. So if you're wanting to know what's going on with that, and I am a little confused myself. I've been very busy, as you know, at work, trying to follow it as best I can. But it's it's. It's not being covered anywhere, and Ben's going to just laugh at me with this. Oh, about the only place you can get anything on it is Twitter, and I don't do Twitter, but I tried to get on there and find stuff on it. But Sarah has found the uh, the, the videos that she's watched them all. But but basically, what's going on here is that one of the co-defendants with with Trump is wanting to have a big booty tree. That's not her name. What is it? Fanny Willis. Fanny Fanny Willis. Funny. That's funny. Anyway, <laughs> that, that's funny. <laughs> funny. <laughs> anyway, 
Okay, I can go with that. Bunny Willis. <laughs> that works too. Anyway, um, apparently what they're trying to do is have her disqualified to prosecute this case. Right. And I don't know exactly what rules of evidence they're supposed to be using. I don't. Apparently, it sounds like they're trying to use the real courtroom rules of evidence, which would be for Georgia. Almost all of us use the same as the federal rules now anyway. But the but I don't know what the burden of proof is. Because I thought, well, it's the affair with the guy that she hired. All right, but all right, so so that's facts. Mm-hmm. Okay, so facts are probative if they if they're going to show the truth of something. What truth is that showing? I'm not sure how to answer that. You see what I'm saying? It's, yes, it's, I do. That's why Sarah's handling it. Right. The question is going to be: Is it more likely than not? Is it a beyond reasonable doubt? But my understanding is. That on matters of ethics, it's appearance of impropriety, which is a well, very, yep. and they very, brought, very low standard. They brought that up in court. Yep. So I haven't seen it, but that would be my guess as to what the, the burden of proof would be. Sarah has covered it. And and uh, the big thing is, is how many agree with me? I know I know that Scott, Scott Adams doesn't. He, he wants it to be true, but he doesn't think it is. I think Fannie Willis had her shirt on backwards, her clothes on backwards for his day. She put, she put on her in court. <laughs> People have found it. Apparently, they got these influencers on the internet. If you and if you're built like a, a funny Willis, then you can buy a dress on. And it says it's all look good on me, but she put it on backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the thought is it looked like it was on backwards. Absolutely, because the zipper was so weird. <laughs> But it's a weird dress that people say is put on that way. I don't know what the truth is. I, I, I did not see a zipper, but <laughs> it was there. I wasn't oh. looking that close. <laughs> you know, you know I've, I've seen a few clips of it. Have anybody else seen clips of it? Clips of her testimony? Yeah. I watched it. You watched her testimony? Yes. You say? Well, I think that uh, I hope that she's not uh, able to try Trump now because of what she was involved in and hiring her boyfriend to uh, work with her. Yeah. Well, she, she admitted to, I saw a clip of her admitting to taking cash out of her first campaign to pay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He played that to me. He sent it to me. And I listened to it on the way home. Charlotte was driving. I was on the way home. I went, he goes, you can still be subtle. I went, what's subtle about that? She said, I took it's the campaign. Not subtle, I took my- it's not subtle to a lawyer, but it is to a human who's listening to it. And, and, yeah. and she said that that was a black thing, that you would keep a lot of black cash. This is her words and her dad's words were that black people keep a lot of cash at home. And so um, I've got some cash at home now. I have cash at home, but I can tell you this. I can tell you where it came from. Where? Well, I mean, each time I take it, I I mark it. I, I don't I know. I know that if you have more than ten thousand dollars of cash, even though that's legal, it raises red flags and they're gonna wanna know why. So well, I never have more than that. Well, I don't have that much at home. Yeah, I I I, I try to keep I, when she was saying that it's going like, Yeah, I don't I don't keep six months. That's a bit much. But I've had as much as seventy five hundred at home. Really? Yeah. Well, right now there's other sources that are saying that it's a very good idea with what's happening in our government today to keep cash at home. 
because the banks could be shut down. You'll have no way to use your little debit card or anything else. You'll you'll need cash. Cash is king. Up to a point. Up to a point. But if you start getting to that 10,000 level, then people are going to start breaking in your house. I know it. That's why I'm being careful what I say. Ah, I have no money at my house. <laughs> I do have two dogs. <laughs> and they might, they might love you to death. Yeah, I got, I got, I got one bad looking dog. Yeah. Oh, I've seen your dogs in the raccoons. <laughs> it was interesting. They didn't tree him. They got him up a pole. All right, let's go back to it. Tell me what you thought of her since you saw it. And those of you, have you seen any of it, Dwayne? I saw the whole thing. Okay, well, let's. Well, let's I did too, really. Since, since Chris is the is the kind of the, the the new guy, what did you think? Was she credible? I haven't seen it. I've heard uh, it. I've heard a bit. But no, no. It. Well, I'm I'm not going to say that she was credible because uh, some of the commentators uh, afterwards that uh, had legal minds. We're able to shoot holes in what she said. Well, did she look shifty? Did she look? Did she? Oh my look, goodness! She uh, to be a judge herself. She she broke she all was kinds. A prosecutor, prosecutor. Oh, prosecutor. I'm sorry, but she she broke all kinds of pro, uh, what do you say? Protocol. Protocol. That's what I was looking for. Protocol. All right, all right, Dwayne and Glenn. What do y'all think? Let's go with you, Dwayne. All right, so I'm sitting there watching her lover leave after many hours of about putting me to sleep testimony and him squirming and sweating and having a hard time answering stuff. Um, he finally left. He wasn't credible to me at all. And then <clears throat> there was nobody in the stand, nobody in the courtroom except for the whole bank of attorneys on the Trump side and the state attorney on as a lady with dark hair. Hold on, you know, hold on. I can't nice let that go. Too. I can't let that go. I promise you can go back to you. Bank of attorneys. Yeah, that, there, there's a, an attorney for each one that's being a defendant. At least one or two. And I do want to, so, I, and I got to tell everybody that this is his podcast. Dwayne has not had the exact best experience with our judicial system. No. <laughs> okay, go ahead. He wants to be a lawyer to revenge himself. <laughs> Uh, I, I have become a quasi lawyer to defend myself. <laughs> um, so, and, and what's funny is I know that that statement, um, that, that saying of a man who defends himself has a fool for a client. And that may be true on the criminal side. But my experience is every time I've um, hired an attorney and dropped a couple grand to put up an attorney to go represent me, I've gotten screwed. Every time I went into the court and represented myself, I got exactly what I wanted. Let's not so name names. That's in civil court in North Carolina uh -huh. and some in Louisiana. So that's been my experience. That may be abnormal, but that's that's what I saw. So this whole one side of all, it's kind of like going to a wedding and one side is somebody that's a nobody and nobody sits on his side. And the other side, you got all the family that shows up. That, that's what's going on in the courtroom with the, the Trump. I always call all, it the bride and groom side. This, it, always, yeah. it, it always does that. Everybody is on the different sides. It's on the different side, on the different <laughs> part of the aisle. <laughs> so nobody's in there and there's some motions going on before we bring in the next witness. And the state, the lady that's representing Georgia, is starting to um, 
oral argument, her motion, why the the court should not require Sonny to come and testify. And the judge is like, I see here in your statement, this, that, and the other, this is still your position. And so they're arguing back and forth and he's pretty much going to rule that she's going to have to testify, but he never got that out of his mouth. And then all of a sudden, Sonny in her pink suit comes flying in the courtroom up to the stand, bends over, grabs the mic and starts making demands and pounding on the on the witness stand. I need these three documents here right now. So and so, and she named them off. Who and then was, she sat down. Well, well where was, down. was she? At the, was she at counsel's table or was she at the at the bench? She was not in the courtroom. She had been she watching it. Flying into the courtroom at that moment. I know, but, when you, the, but you said she came in and started pounding on stuff. She come running from the back of the courtroom, come in through the doors, ran down the aisle, ran up to the witness stand, bent over, grabbed the microphone for the witness and started demanding three documents be produced to put up in front of her for her testify, her testimony. So this is the chair next to the judge? Yes, the witness box. And who is she addressing her address to? The whole courtroom. Who is she, she, her face facing? Um, she, she's facing the, both, both, uh, she's facing the whole audience, uh, right. the whole, both benches out okay, there. So she the was not looking at the judge. Do what? She was not looking at the judge. No. When I was wanting to know, was she judge intimidating? Because he worked for her. But she, no, she, she got up there, did that. And the, the judge then said, well, it, apparently, um, she's going to testify. So he didn't have to rule. One way or the other, because she come barging in, volunteering, and demanded to testify. But when it was, the state was making the case she shouldn't be required to testify. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, actually, actually, what the, what the commentator said, or I heard somewhere that she uh, she wasn't supposed to be watching the proceedings and then come in on proceedings when she'd already said that she wasn't going to come in. Is that correct? Yeah, so so one of the first few questions, it wasn't the very first one. They started rattling papers, trying to get the documents to her that she was demanding. She sat down, and she was so unglued, unhinged. And then um, a few minutes into it, some questions came up about, how did you know to come in here at this time? She said, well, um, you know, wh- whatever his name is, I-, I can't think of it right now. Her lover. Well, he he just he finished and got off the stand. So you were outside, Miss um, Willis. You were outside and you saw him leave the courtroom. Um, she said, "I think she said yes." And she was asked, "Well, did you listen to his testimony?" And she said yes. Um, so she was sitting outside listening in to what was going all right, on. So so let's get this right. Then she was the question. All right. So this is how it works. Before the trial or hearing start, one or both of the attorneys can ask that all witnesses that aren't on the stand, that aren't experts, have to leave the courtroom. And then the judge admonishes them that if you do that, you'll be held in contempt of court for calling this trial and have to pay for the expenses of that, that hearing. So for them to say that she had, she couldn't hear the testimony meant that she was sequestered. All right. Now, that gives me another Questions that maybe want, maybe we could piece together because again Sarah's gonna put this together tomorrow. All right, yeah. there is a it, it's it's unwritten rule, 
but by golly, it's a rule. You only call attorneys and judges on stand when there are hardly any options left. We don't do that to each other. All right. And with that, we will. We'll do it. I've, I've testified on behalf of Big Jim on the stands. And fortunately, the attorney against him was very nice. Uh, but um, but it sounded like to me from what what either you or Dwayne was saying is they were trying to lay a foundation for even calling her. Am I, am I, was I hearing that right? Does that make sense? They couldn't just yeah, call her they, first. I, what, what I heard at first was the state of Georgia um, attorney was making the case, trying to make the case that they didn't need her testimony and that she was real busy person. Um, she had a lot of uh, work and oh, it wasn't, wasn't necessary for her to be, uh, um, demanded uh, to come and testify. Okay, that's that's. The, but I want to tell you something. Believe it or not, that's a pretty ordinary thing to do. You don't like putting putting on a stance. However, in this instance, the, I wondered about that because I couldn't figure it out. But what happened was is this just wasn't that that the judge was requiring a foundation. This was over an objection, and then they were trying to put up a because of that objection, they were putting up a foundation as to why she needed to be there live. They're in the middle of it, and then they call her. They call the paramour first, right before her. Yes. Okay, and that's yes. what you're saying. She was outside the door with her ear perked, listening to the whole thing. Oh my gosh, she's yep. so unethical. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and and so when they asked her, "How did you know to come in here right now?" Well, you know, so and so finished his testimony. Well, who called you in here? Well, nobody. I just knew it was my turn. Well, how did you know you were next? Well, it was only logical. <laughs> you should have seen it. She was so upset. She has no emotional labor capabilities. Her skin is absolutely the thinnest I've ever seen. All right. Now, I've got to ask you a question. Although you guys watching this thing, and this includes you, did you watch his testimony? Her or Paramore's, her boyfriend's? Yes. Okay. Now I'm a big Il Donaldo Trumpo fan. It's a it's a meme site. It's a it's a farce. It's silly. Mm-hmm. All right. And it's got it. Il Donaldo Trumpo. That's Italian, but he's dressed like a Mexican. It's it's pretty funny. Okay. Now um <laughs> it is it's a hilarious thing. They have a scene. He has a he has a uh, a clip. Where that Wade, is that his last name, Wade? Yep. He's, um, um, or maybe his first name? I think his first. I think it's his first name. Okay. Mr. Wade Willis. He uh, he was testifying. They asked him a question. And then it looks like he's staring off the spa- in space for like 15 minutes. And he starts imagining uh, Big Booty Trudy on the beach. <laughs> Actually, that question was about, had he ever been to a cabin, and, and he did sit that long. He, he said a long time because he and, looked like the video finally, looked like Joe Biden. And finally, he said yes. <laughs> no, he said no. He he said no. Yeah, he said no. Matter of fact, he said it with a very contemptuous tone inflection. <laughs> We're gonna have fun. Like, like, gotta like come back. Like he didn't need the two minutes to think about it. He just made you wait two minutes to hear him scold you and say no. But I, I mean, like, like James said, it was it was like long and drawn out. I don't know how many seconds it was or a couple of minutes, but it was it was kind of weird looking. 
<laughs> yeah, I said Joe still. Biden, but more than Joe Biden, it looked like. Remember when Mitch McConnell went catatonic? Catatonic. Remember that? Yeah, that's what he looked like in that video. But it was Neil Donaldo. He can draw it out like as long as he wants. He's very good at dubbing things. And so, Mason Wade. And so it was very busy last night. They have a prison named after him. <laughs> Already? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> All right, guys. If 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 the standard is appearance of impropriety, just what I heard you say today is enough to tell me that she has an appearance of impropriety. But she has a she has an appearance of him. She oh. definitely did. She was contempt from the moment she stormed in there until she left. And there stormed in there is right. I mean, you've never seen anybody take a stand the way she did. I can't wait to see that. I got to watch it. I'm just going to have to watch it. As a lawyer, I will be committing malpractice to the rest of my clients if I don't watch this thing. I, I thought she was going to throw her hip out of joint. I mean, Ooh, that'd be ugly. the way she was moving. All right. So, so, so I see a headline. I saw a headline. And it said that her father was a Black Panther and he was going to testify. My goodness. He did. What probative, was it on her behalf or against her? No, on her behalf. And he said he also kept money. That's her character witness, James. Well, also, also, he was living with her um, at, at some of her residences. So they were talking about establishing who was living with whom and who was dating whom at what time and who was a witness to that. Well, who called? Glenn says that it was the it was the uh, Fannie Willis's side, that, the state that called her. Was it that, or was it the was it the criminal defendant that called her? Called him? Called the Panther? We'll call, we'll just call him Daddy Panther. Daddy Panther. Daddy Panther. Uh, we got Texas. My Jim. understanding that he was there to be her character witness. To, yeah, I thought so I was the called the and, state and to confirm the money. Sure. Confirm the money. Uh, hmm. uh, that's not who I would have called. <laughs> and, and there was a there was a back and forth to find out exactly when he lived uh, with her and at what house. He was answering questions, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. From what, from what somebody told me that maybe Glenn that he was actually because I asked about the Black Panther and they said he was he he was the only one answering questions. So is that right? I don't know. I I, I probably didn't tell you that because I hadn't seen but a snippet That's of his right. stuff. I, I don't know who it was. Maybe Sarah. Well, they they all three answered questions. It's just Wade and and Fonny were being very evasive and stupid in the way they were answering the questions. All right. So so let's talk about the judge. When Glenn gave me that clip, there was no talking. The judge wasn't talking, just her. Um, maybe in a question. And so it was a female asked the question, and, and it was um, Fanny that was answered it. Well, the judge, I did find some clips because I wanted to, I heard that he'd worked for her. He was, he's young, like low 30. Young, um, not very he's old. up for re election, by the way. That's crazy. And All he's right. fairly new on the bench, I understand. Well, he must have, he, he probably picked up a, a, a term that was halfway through, he's guessing. All right, so. Yeah, so, I mean, he might have, and I think he worked for Fannie four years. That's where I wanted to get to. He worked for her. And and I I I know when I, I can go back to Cameron now and see one of my old bosses, and I still feel like I kind of have to look up to him, respect him, because they, they were my boss. And it's very, very, very difficult to shake that. 
I think. And so as a lawyer over the years, I'm very careful about, you know, finding out someone worked for somebody and be like, that's going to make a, a unique witness because. Well, you know, the thing about it is I can think of a judge here in town that would not have taken the the tone that she had in her answers to that judge. Unless she, unless he worked for her. That's true. That's my point is, is that I've seen it. I mean, it's a phenomenon that lawyers are very familiar with that, that you, if you used to work for that, if that judge used to work for you, he has a different attitude towards you than he does towards everybody else. Does that make sense? Well, sure. Yes. And so, so it's a phenomenon. Well, that, that, aware that happened quite a bit. There were several times that Fonnie was talking over the judge when the judge was trying to say something and she just kept talking and he kind of allowed it. But whenever a couple of the Trump side attorneys were asking a question and Fonnie was not giving the right answer, stalling, talking over the question and, and being very contemptuous, the judge would start talking and the attorney got irritated at the judge um, and kept talking. And then the judge cut him off and said, you're done. We're not going to talk over each other. So he was very short with the defense attorney team, but he gave her so much leadway. It was pathetic. Uh, I'm not totally surprised. Uh, you know, I'll tell you also this. If, if I'm trying to be fair as a judge and I look over and I see that stopping her from talking is really helping her. In other words, he would have been doing her a favor. It sounds like to me to, mm -hmm. Hey, stop, 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 stop. Calm down. Well, he okay. did admonish her twice about rambling on and expanding beyond the question. Uh, yeah, so so he may be handling it better than you think. If he's letting her dig her own grave, because I, I, that's another thing as an old lawyer. You realize when someone's a witness is digging their own grave, you're supposed to stop them when they're rambling. But if they're rambling and saying the things you want them to say, you just sit back. I got one to finally say he wanted to slap me, and I hadn't said a word. <laughs> just let him well, go. She did, she did dig her own grace. Well, good. Well, good. Well, you know what? We're going to talk about it again tomorrow. And there's some other things that I know that, that what we got what got Chris interested in today. I want to get on this. Uh, and this is going to be, I'm sorry I left you out, Glenn, but it doesn't sound like you've watched it anyway. Uh, this is something that Glenn is more up on and ready to talk about. And this is this idea that, Lynn, let me set it up, Glenn. Uh, this is um, This is the idea that the federal government, the three-letter agencies, have gone on a censorship. They, it's, a, it's a massive censorship that's been done by the CIA. CIA. I'm not sure it's FBI. I'll let Glenn explain it. But I want to tie that into this because the little that I heard of this, uh, I think it's Benz, maybe. Mike Benz. Mike Benz. Uh, the, the one thing that he said was that they're going after the pocket. All right. Yes. And I want to bring in one little thing in that so that the listeners can have this kind of on in their mind that this immigration thing, again, we may have been playing checkers while they're playing chess with this immigration thing. The this is going on in Italy, but there it's not Mexicans, it's Libyans. And it's causing a huge problem for, for Italy. So Italy finally decided to do something about it. And Italy has been sued in, and, and this is very difficult to follow, guys. I want to let you know this because everything is from partisan papers. You either get from the one side or the other. You can't really 
synthesize it yet, but I think I'm getting it very close. What's basically happened is, is that the people who don't like sending back black males is what they're saying. Oh, you, you just don't want black people in Italy. And I, she says, she being Georgia, who um, is a good looking lady. I don't know if you've seen her or not. Italy has got the most beautiful prime minister leader of a country since Zenobia. This woman is gorgeous. I, I have no idea how she's able to, to do both. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, it has to be said. She's very right wing is what you would call her. She's very conservative. And she's trying to stop this. And so they've passed legislation. Well, they tried it six years ago. And her and, and one of her main cabinet members is is being tried for criminal, criminally for trying to enforce those immigration laws. Laws passed by the legislature of, of, of Italy. They're trying to enforce them. The Supreme Court says that's against the law. We can arrest you for that, for enforcing a law. Not that it's unconstitutional, but you hadn't been found unconstitutional. It's criminal. For you to send away somebody who came on a boat to send them away. Now, what's significant about that is right now it's one of her cabinet members. But when's it going to be that they go after Georgia? Georgia, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And in the United States, we would be immune from that. You could not go arrest the president of the United States for enforcing immigration laws. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but what would happen? You, you made well, me think of something I haven't thought of. What would happen if Trump becomes president and he wants to put all these people out of our country, which I think that's the point I'm making. Okay. So the fact that they're fighting this immunity thing to be able to 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 say he's not immune would mean that they could say that's criminal for you to enforce immigration laws because national international law says you can't do that. Does that make sense? guys? let Let me let me ask you one that may be one layer deeper. I don't know. Why in the world did this Durr report say that we're not going to indict or file charges against the sitting president because dot, 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 he's mentally incompetent now? Why, why do they not just say he's the sitting president and that's been the longstanding rule? Because then they would have to accept uh, Trump. Not being prosecuted. No, only while he's a sitting president. They're right now trying to make the argument once he leaves office, he's totally exposed. And Trump is saying no. So I don't understand why they dodged around that and did something that actually hurts him. Good point. Joe Biden. Good point. I do believe they're trying to pierce the immunity veil. That's what I think they're trying to do. And um, did we lose Glenn? Yep, we did. Hmm. Glenn? Sorry. 32 minutes and four seconds. Thank you. Okay. So I got you. I got you. So they're trying to pierce this. I think they're trying to pierce this immunity veil, and they're trying to do it worldwide. If you're a populist, they're, they're, they're going after you. And I don't, I don't think that Georgia – I, I got I to get that little thing that tells you how to pronounce names because if, if I'm going to praise her so much. Okay, I it's Georgiana, by the way. Well, they, they don't – they call her – they don't ever say the Yana. They always just go with her. They, they cut it short like Catherine being called Katie or Kate. It's, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So, uh, but anyway, I want to turn it over to you, but I wanted to point out that it's not just here. They've, they've got the, they've got, I think they've got the former president of Brazil in jail. He was a populist. Yes. They're, I yes. Think, and they're, 
when I looked up this stuff, when I read this stuff, it was bone chilling. They were calling her a fascist over there. They're going after her. Well, Italy had a fascist leader at one time, so of course you're going to do that. Well, the thing that uh, amaze, amazes me is that this is so biblical in that there's going to be a one-world government. There's going to be an antichrist. And when I was younger, I thought, that sounds impossible. But even studying what Mike Pent, uh, Bentz had to say today uh, or the other day, I listened to it. And uh, you can see that the whole world is going through some of the same things, and it all is leading to a one-world government. I, I agree. I agree. And, it, 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 and I do think we're seeing at least seeing the foothills, if not more. All right. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Glenn, and I'm going to see if you can give us a Reader's Digest version of what this Ben's guy said. Who is this Ben's guy, anyway? How come he, how come Good we, luck with that. Why should we be listening to Boiling down now, you know. Uh, obviously, you can go to see Mike Benz on tw on X. He's on X. He has a website. Uh, I, I'll link it in the. It, maybe I will link that somewhere in the show notes or something. Anyway, um, he is a former State Department official. He's worked on some of these things he talks about. He actually worked on one that's coming up: the European Union's. Uh, what are they called? Disinformation uh, and, uh, uh, you know, hate speech uh, legislation that would basically limit what you could put on their Internet in the European Union. He's worked on that. Um, now, Reader's Digest version is he saw early on because of his background in chess that they were using the same type of heuristics that Kasparov got beat with that Deep Blue used. He also said that they uh, figured out that Internet was where they needed to fight. The, the, the UN apparently had a, uh, you know, this meeting, and it said we need to go from banks uh, to tweets. This is when Twitter was held by the government. Um, and they were able to do all these you know, color revolutions is the CIA is doing it. And quite honestly, the CIA is their task is to do that, overthrow governments that are not helpful to the United States. That's exactly what they're supposed to do. That's their job. Um, so he got disillusioned with that and stepped out of it, but kept very much in contact with how they were doing it. Long story short, what they do is this is how it works. You get a NGO, non-government organization. You set it up. You call it uh, the Southern Poverty Southern Poverty Center. Yeah. Got gotcha. you. So that may have been a real legitimate organization at one time that the CIA took over. By the way, got gotcha. you. Uh, the others are just may you know the the, the something for the Democracy Project is one. Let's say. And you set up the Democracy Project and you fund it with black money from George Soros because he's going to get, you know, the very much the uh, inside scoop of what to invest on. And Glenn, then he can make all his money with that. Glenn said black money. He's a racist. <laughs> yeah, I'm a racist. Anyway, uh, so they, they start that. Okay, so now you have this NGO, the Center for Democracy, let's say. And 
So the media then goes, according to the Center for Democracy, they say, and then they go into whatever they want to talk about, how horrible Trump or any other populist is. Bernie Sanders, for instance, this is how they got him before he's changed and decided he wanted the money. Um, so then, you know, so any populist movement that they can't control, this blob is what he calls it, which is this com- com- Conglomeration of, you know, intelligence agency, the military industrial complex. Uh, Did you say blob? Blob. B-L-O-B. Are we back blob. to Fannie Willis again? Well, sort of. <laughs> anyway, uh, so you've got this group that they're tied together because of, you know, a lot of them, they're in it for the money and money laundering. And you know, that's where a lot of our uniparty government is really involved in this money laundering. And so you've got these NGOs, all these government organizations that get a lot of their funding from our government, to be honest. It's, you know, some of these are openly funded largely by our uh, Defense Department, you know, and people just don't know that because it's kind of obfuscated. It's not totally hidden, it's just obfuscated. And now, that's the way most human, almost all humans work this way. If you say a lie enough, it becomes true. And people just look at a headline a lot, because that's how, that's kind of how they get themselves, you know, uh, oriented to the world. You don't have time to digest every bit of this. I'm I'm guilty of that. Say what? I'm guilty of that. There are times I just have time to headline look. Yeah. And then, so then you, you just look at headlines and you go, oh, and you don't have time to read the first and last paragraph just to see if it, there's anything worth looking at. And you might even hear it just out of your ear because the TV's on or something. Yeah, they have so a saying. Hear, they have a saying. Don't, if you look at the um, headline only, it goes like this. What they're talking about does not matter. They could be talking about pancake batter. <laughs> yeah, and that would be a good heuristic if you wanted to use that. Uh, so anyway, you you look at that, and they they've set out to build, and you you that's called a cutout. The NGO is like a cutout, and they build upon this and build upon that, and you have hundreds of them, not just a few. You have hundreds, and they all have a different sounding name that sounds like. They're trying to promote America when they're really just trying to promote the deep state. And the deep state uses all these NGOs to, to basically. Uh, is this a canceling thing? Is it a canceling thing or is it to, to, to drive that's the cattle? That's part of it. Part of it's canceling. And some of it's okay. driving cattle? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you last Some week. of it is driving cattle? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people are not necessarily stupid who are being driven, but they are not engaged, let's say. And they engage only at a very, you know, because their lives are busy. You know, they got kids, they got, you know, they don't have time to digest all this stuff. So you get into that, and the way they influence you is, for instance, they just take 51% of the population and they put them in a silo where they don't see any of the things we're talking about today. You know, we might see their side. and we, oh, we are. Also, you know, it always goes back to Plato. Are we looking at shadows on the wall? Shadows on the wall. 
Wow. I don't know. You don't know? Well, yeah, I, I'll tell you what I got out of the Mike Vince, and that is that our uh, freedom of speech has been taken away from us. And and when if I listened to the right article, this is what I saw. And they they talked about how that, you know, our phones and everything and how we have the Internet now and how that X is 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 there so that people can share thoughts. And what they're trying to do is shut down conservative thoughts and and come against conservative thoughts in any way that they can. All right. And Glenn, now I'm going to I'm going to guide this. If you don't mind, Glenn, I want to take a break from this. and I want to go back to um, Dwayne because Dwayne mentioned this. The last time he was on, and because I asked about Soros buying up all those stations that used to have Rush Limbaugh, and Dwayne, I think, what was your response as to what what they could be trying to do? I think they're trying to make up for the fact they think there there's cracks in their coverage. So one of the things Mike Benz talked about was when the CIA figured out how to get around the loophole of meddling in the United States affairs through other centers of gravity in the federal government and the NGOs and the for-profit capitalists and, and all that, 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 the blob that Glenn described. That was using traditional media at first. Think about, you know, the 70s, 80s, 90s, um, traditional media being um, newspaper, TV, radio, and then eventually into cable. The internet and its social media didn't have a big enough of a following to be attractive to the CIA-type agencies that wanted to control speech. Remember, the internet at first was used to promote free speech, and free speech would undermine other governments that were more authoritarian by allowing free speech to help those wanting to rise up against their governments. But what happened was they found out that if they can control the speech and censor it, that they can then let the blob have control instead of true democracy of the people having control. That's where the anti-populist movement come and the censorship come. So here we go through the, the two, year 2000 and you run up to 2016 or so. And we're, we have now this buildup of social media platforms where very little controls inside of each of the social media has massive control over programming of the people and giving the appearance of what is viral and what is not viral. Matter of fact, the thing I got out of the Mike Pence interview with Tucker Carlson that just scared the crap out of me is I thought AI was a recent few years phenomenon, and Mike Pence just revealed, oh, no, 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 no. The AI started with thanks to the CIA's tentacles of filtering and immediately squashing free speech. Really? And it, and it has been around for over a decade. That's how it got invented. That's why we have it now. It's finally been released to us as humans. So, so what they have probably. <laughs> what they have so probably. We ha Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Since we have access to AI and Twitter has 
left the control of the blob and others have come up, like uh, True Social and whatnot, they're having to do something different. And I think George Soros, part of the blob, buying up all these radio stations is one Band-Aid attempt to try to right this ship so that they can continue this crap on this next election sequence. Yeah, well, okay, States. wait, hold Okay, Chris wants to talk. Sorry. Well, uh, and also what I got out of it was that they 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 could see that uh, the the easiest way to handle the population world population was in, in Italy uh, rather than starting a a war having uh, or a war that they were about to be involved in what they did they got involved in in this in the speech of uh, Italy and and in the election of Italy and so they they set it up. The election, so it would turn out the the way they wanted it to turn out, and they said, "Hey, this is way much easier than going to a war." Well, all you got to do is look at 2016, and that's what happened there. Our government got involved in in setting a, an election the way they wanted it to come out. They did not want Trump to have another uh, four years. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, actually, actually, they they talked about 2016 in the Russia, uh, the Russian hoax. Right. They talked about that. So, of course, they couldn't win in 2016. But in 2020, they really got involved in the election as far as the uh, mail out ballots. Yeah, I, I, I have a hard time understanding how that guy from Brazil snuck through, how Georgia snuck through, how Trump snuck through. But every now and then they do. Yeah, these populists do they get snuck in. through. And I got one in Argentina right now. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Glenn. They snuck through, according to Benz, is that they had clamped everything down at least since 2014. And uh, 2016, they thought they had it clamped down. They didn't. And that's when their AI in 2018, they started to really start to map. Oh. They had these huge maps. That that tell where influence is going, where politics, you know, and, and it just shows this kind of heat map that okay, here's what's happening here, and they have these huge maps that show this on the internet. And they knew, look, shutting down the internet that would be super disruptive, and we couldn't make money, so we've got to control it. And that's why they were controlling the news media before in 2016. They thought they had it locked down. Trump turned it back on them using one of their tools, Twitter. Wow. And so, because they thought he was just a clown, they didn't realize how much he really was influencing the you know the voter. Yeah, they were. So yeah. here, here's here's the scary part. Let's say us group of guys come up with a really cool meme that's political in nature that pushes our candidate. It really puts down the other candidate, and it has viral characteristics. It really would take off like wildfire. So we, we, we create it, and we send it to each other, and we send it to our circle, and it starts taking off. At the very beginnings of that starting to take off viral, bells and whistles will start ringing on all of the social media platforms it's gone jump to, and somebody deep down in the bowels of our government, our federal government, will be alerted and they can start 
coordinating with all the social media companies to quash the fire before it gets out of hand. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's now, been going on for a decade now. So is yeah. X is X immune from that now? Probably. Yes. Now the thing is, if it's, you wait, 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 before you go too far, let me get this one thought out real quick. Is it possible for me to get a life insurance policy out on on um what's his name? Elon, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Elon. <laughs> You'd have to get his permission. All right, go ahead, Glenn. I'm sorry. I'm sure there's a bet though. You can make a bet that he's gonna get assassinated <laughs> if you want to do that, James. There is a betting market for that, by the um, way. I'm hoping I'm wrong. Uh okay. Here's uh, one of the things about X. Notice, remember when Elon was doing Tesla and SpaceX early on? He was actually pretty liberal at the time. And they were, he was the darling of the left and the media. They loved him. Remember that? No. You don't, because it was a while back. It was like 2014. Uh, and when he, the minute he took over X, and said, I'm a free speech absolutist. And they saw he was really going to do that. What happened? All of a sudden, he's getting lawfare just like Trump. So the the way they're going to do it is by law, I think, and by law in Europe. Yeah, and let, let, me, let me make that point for you. Drag that, what we call emphasizing the point. You will slow down when we're in a, in a case. We'll slow down because this we want the jury to hear this. I want that lawfare. We talk about what happened to Trump, that $380 million, right? They hit they yeah. hit Elon Musk for $55 billion. Yeah, it was a bonus he was supposed to make. That's and, lawfare, and buddy. Delaware decided, no, screw you. Hey, it, you can't have that. Trump is minor leagues. Money. Trump is minor leagues. They are going after Well, I will, I will say this that has gone somewhat unnoticed is uh, how he made $4 billion just recently. Um, he sold Chris hey, being Trump. Trump, you got to differentiate your pronouns on here. Well, uh, <laughs> Mr. Trump or President Trump, uh, <laughs> just merged with another group, uh, digital something, and it was approved by that, uh, by our government, and which made it was a $10 billion deal, which he's got about $4 billion of it. So that happened the same day that. Judgment came down for half a billion. So he's got the cash. Somebody's helping him with the cash, obviously. Well, I don't know if it's cash. He could he could borrow against stock he owns in that company. Yeah, but he needs to be careful uh, where he uses his assets because he could get he get in trouble again for lying about the value of his assets. <laughs> well, this is what. Yeah, I know, and that is a what the disgorgement is. What that is, it wasn't. That's and guess who gets the money? The state. Who, New York. who in their right? Yes. Who in their right? Uh, we, yeah, but first of all, I want to say this. I brought up on the uh, on the comrades on our little the people who were original the original listeners to the podcast. I I, I brought this up that that there would have to, that there would have to be a bond, an appeal bond. And it finally came out yesterday. Someone brought that up. Tur someone named Turley or somebody like that. But but as a lawyer, you know the first things your question is: What if you're going to suspend that judgment? In other words, they can't execute against it while it's on appeal. You have to put up a bond, and you don't get that back. And so it's like it's usually ten to twelve percent. You could put up cash, which was what he would probably would want to do. So see what I'm saying, Glenn? He he's going to want to probably put up cash for that. Now 
I will tell you this. Unlike what I mean, and Turley may know the law of that particular jurisdiction better. I don't know of any law in Louisiana that would allow that kind of a civil penalty. Okay, that that I don't know that that exists. I don't know that it it's exists. New York's law. Well, I'm not even yeah. sure that it exists in New York. That judge just took a loophole and went nuts. But that was the whole idea. Would be it was so big that he couldn't get that suspensive appeal, meaning suspending it until 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 it's the judgment's final. Um, I'm not I'm not sure that the state would collect on that. They said that the the money would be paid to the New York Treasury. Right, but my point is this: if there, there's a risk for the New York State taking that money now, in other words, if Trump appealed it um, devolutively, meaning that he's not asking that he can go ahead and be put into force now, they could take that money. But it's a huge penalty if it gets overturned. Huge. Yep. They, I think, I think they've almost got to put up a bond if they take it. And so, so I don't know what their rules are. All right, so they could be different different jurisdictions, but it's not a it's not a given that the state of New York is going to go. Yeah, let's go get that money from Trump. You see what I'm saying? They probably go. Let's just let this thing play out. So my guess is he doesn't put anything up. He's going to do it devolutively. If they take it, they take it. He'll give them some cash, and then and then when he wins, then they got the penalty, not him. Well, I have something that I'd like to talk about concerning that topic. But first, I'd like to make this a roundabout and go back to Mr. Benz, because I think he said something in that interview with Tucker Carlson that just imploded my brain. He said that they knew the outcome of the 2020 election seven months before the election, and they knew the American public would not tolerate the outcome and that they used all of their tools of social media to brainwash and convince the majority of the public to accept it when it happened. Wow. And that they had to start seven months early into the tweaking and the controls of the internet and social media to get us to where we tolerated Joe Biden being put in as president. We didn't tolerate it. <laughs> I, didn't see I, that, I know. Hey, no, no, Dwayne. Dwayne, I got you a hundred percent. I didn't, I didn't see you with the pitchfork or a gun. Oh, oh, us attorneys, our sword is our mouth. <laughs> I want to tell you something. I was on that that night. I could see it coming. I I, I could see they were cheating that night. I, I, but yeah, no, I get you. I believe you. I believe you. I, that thing was stolen. It was not rigged. It was stolen, and that's why they had to do all of that stuff about persuading people to to accept it. And and they they were so successful. In this. I mean, even my own sons were doubting that it was rigged. I'm going, how can that happen? How can you sit there and see them closed in five places at the exact same time counting? If you put up a barrier so you can't look into Detroit and watch it be counted, you put the Republicans forty yards. Away from the county, you bring you bring ballots from Pennsylvania to go. I mean, from New York to vote in Pennsylvania. You have you have witnesses that saw this cheating. So here's you you, here's you saw wait, wait, you know. saw Arizona get called at five o'clock in the afternoon. They weren't even finished yep. with the polls yet. This was. So you remember remember how you're holding a little bit of a grudge against Tucker Carlson for absolutely. making your girl, making your woman look he so bad. Canceled her. 
He canceled this her. interview with, with Benz, when you listen to the whole thing, start to finish, and, and you may have to listen to it more than once because this guy goes at lightning speed and covers so many things so quick, it just takes your breath away, and you have to pause and back up. And, and one of the things he touched on was something that made what I thought she was saying was a really radical thing about the whole right. um, Venezuela voting machine and yep. the Dominion counting, and that she didn't right. have much proof at the time. When you listen to this interview, the second half of it, you're like, oh, my God. She, she didn't even touch the surface right. of the crap that's probably going on. And and Car- Tucker Carlson canceled her. Tucker Carlson ruined that lady's career. And I have a hard time forgiving him for it. I have a hard, I, I hard think this time be, forgiving begins him begins to turn that around a little bit. But she, ah, I want to go, you know, how do you say Because it? it's a woman. I want to slap her, but I don't want to get in trouble. They come to your senses. Why did you plead guilty in Georgia? That case was going to collapse. I know you don't want to pay for the lawyers, but that case was going to collapse. Everybody saw that. They have nothing on him in, in Georgia. I don't even know that they can get a jury in Fulton County to rule against him. Yeah, there's enough people that would say no. But uh, anyway, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. That's the part that I heard. I heard I was going every go. City Powell was correct. They they were they were rigging elections in Venezuela. That's why they even invented this stuff was to 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 control elections in other countries. Yep. All right. Well, I got a real quick question, but Glenn, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question, and you you can keep going afterwards. When you said that there were fascists in 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 Italy, were you talking about Mussolini? Yes. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I thought there was someone after him. All right. Go ahead. You're no, on. No. I'm the- that's about the brain, the human brain. That's why you call fascists. And then, yeah, I remember learning okay. that in high school. Okay. You see? Got it. That's why. Uh, the Okay. The the whole thing about this is, it, that's why I was, you know, uh, after, I've listened to Mike Jens for a while, and he's laid this out many times. Now, in the Tucker Carlson interview, he had to go at light speed because it's basically a two-hour interview he had to condense into one hour. Uh, and you notice how fast he talked during yeah. that whole thing, trying to get everything in that uh, he knew. I don't know how he kept his brain organized. It was going quick. He was going quick and laid it out. And it, you know, it's like Dwayne says, you got to listen to it a couple of times to even get it. Um, they're, 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 this has so much to do with persuasion uh, that you know, softening this up to accept Joe Biden, uh, you know, all these things. And I don't know, it's, it's, I think the odds of a hit on Trump and or Elon, you know, think about X without Elon, uh, what's going to happen, you know? It's yeah, oh, I, I, I want to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. They have got to have him in their you know, whether it's politically cancellation or whatever, they've got to have him right in their crosshairs because that guy's excellence and, and they can't stand excellence. Well, here's the thing that Elon has. This is very specific. The CIA needs him really bad. They need SpaceX and they need it to be confident, not okay. NASA. <laughs> uh, okay. And listen, let me That's know. That's why what... he has somewhat of a, a little bit of protection. Okay. 
you have another point to make up? Because I want to go back to, to Dwayne. I interrupted him. I need to ask him a question. But if you're not finished, keep going. I'm finished now because okay. I forgot what I was going to say. All right. Sorry about that. Well, Dwayne, I'm, I'm bad about that. I realize that. Dwayne, you, I, you, you knew you were setting me off on a rant when it comes to, to um, Tucker Carlson uh, canceling Sidney Powell. It's one of the things I'm most angry about that happened in 2020. I was angry at Tucker Carlson. called him bowtie boy for so long. And I'm still not sure about him going over there and doing all that Russian pop propaganda that he just did. I'm still not 100% on board with, with him. But you said something, in, in you, and again, I'm blaming you for getting me off on that rant. <laughs> you know you know, I'm going to rant about Tucker Carlson and Sidney Powell. I was so angry about that. All right, listen, you said this was turning it around. What did you mean by that? I mean that if, if Tucker has somebody on that is – is um has the authority to provide information that everything that Cindy Powell laid out is not only plausible but probable and, and more and scratching the surface. Then, then uh, I can see Sidney Powell being vindicated sometime in the near future. That's going to be added to my prayers. I think it's so unfair what happened to that patriot. I think it's so unfair. They went after. They did the same thing to um to um. To um, what's his name? Um, the guy that represented the, the the person accused of the bombing. What's his name? Why am I going blank? The guy from Georgia that, that represented the guy that supposedly blew up the bomb at the Olympics. What's his name? Yep. Wood. Lynn Wood. Lynn Wood is definitely old, and Lynn Wood can definitely say some things that he probably wish he wouldn't say later. But I want to tell you something. He has been calling this, and I've been following him on te Telegram. I don't always talk about it, but I do read him at least once a week to catch up. On what he's saying, and all along he's been saying that Sidney Powell was untreated unfairly. Now he's not a big Sidney Powell fan. I'm not sure why, but he did say she was canceled unfairly. Uh, so what you're saying is that this guy, because you've heard it, I have. You're saying that this sounds like Sidney Powell was right on it, and they canceled her. They use that. They use that ability they have to misinformate. This Everything that they do with their AI, besides. Censoring is they also counter what they censor, and what what is it called whenever um, you say the opposite is what what's true to try to Jedi mind trick people? I know what you're, um, I didn't know there was a name for it, but I know what you're talking about. Yes, that's the Democrats do that. No, there's a two word um, phrase that just slips my mind. I have a having a Joe Biden moment. <laughs> it's um. Not flamethrowing, gaslighting. Gaslighting. Yeah. So, 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 so that's what they do. They use their AI to find what's fixing to go viral, to cancel and deplatform and shadow ban and and attenuate all the stuff that they don't want people that they don't want the populace to get out there to be populist about, and then they completely gaslight with the opposite message. Yeah. So like at COVID, you know, when they gaslighted that it was a leak from the Wuhan lab um, or with uh, with any of this stuff, with uh, undermining the, the voter integrity by saying you're undermining voter integrity, you're, you're the um, enemy of democracy, there's nothing wrong with our elections, the exactly. minor amount of problems that are That's out there lie. would never be able to overturn an election and so 
you're not you're not only not a patriot, you're on the verge of being a terrorist for undermining voter integrity. Or insane. Yeah, so that's just gaslighting the crap out of it. All right, let me so tell that's you a double-edged sword, censoring and gaslighting. That's what they do. Let me, let me tell you how successful they were. You know, we all know, I don't know if you do, I, I know that Glenn did and I know that uh, Chris did. Uh, Scott Killen, very smart guy. I remember him coming by and talking to me about it after, you know, after City Powell was canceled. And he goes, she went off on some crazy stuff. That was just lunatic stuff. He, he was, he bit into it. That's whatever, whatever they are doing up there in our government to influence people because he was conservative. But he thought that Sidney Powell went off the deep end on this thing. And I went, man, listen, let, just let me tell you this again, remind everybody that Sidney Powell didn't have weeks. She had days of not only hours to file those things. She had people coming in signing under oath that everything that she was pleading in that petition was true. Yes, there were some typos. Yes, there was some subject verb agreement. Yes, there were some dangling pronouns, all things that lawyers aren't supposed to do. But she was under the gun to get these things filed. Then those, mm, I'm going to get all worked up again. Those idiots at Powerline went after her. Does Cindy Powell know what she's doing? Look at all these typos. Look at all these mistakes she's making. I'm beginning to think she doesn't know what she's doing. And then, boom, they hit her with, 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 um, with bow tie boy. Saying, oh, she won't give me the proof. She's going, I don't know what I got to tell you. Here's the affidavit. I relied on these affidavits. That's what lawyers do. And you only had days? She, had, she didn't do anything wrong. They canceled a great lawyer. They did. I did not know all that detail. That's very interesting. I, I get worked up over it. It, yeah. it makes me so very angry what they did to that lady. Yeah. Very angry. And it's, it's so, so wrong. And I liked her commentary. And she, I, I didn't understand what happened to her until just now. So that's that. Um, <laughs> all right. I want to I bring up one little thing where we got a few minutes left. That, 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 that's kind of a, a small topic, but I, it's more nonetheless. I want to talk about this recent stuff coming out about the vaccines and people who do autopsies are violent, finding white stuff that's not ever been seen before. Um, I have been, I'm not vaccinated. It did, I didn't even come close to doing it because my reasoning isn't what they're talking about now. I don't think that there was any nefarious plot to kill people with it. I just knew that the virus itself was fake, that it was the flu. They can call it what they want, but it was the flu. And they can, they can say it came out of Wuhan. It probably did because that's where the flu comes from. It comes from China almost every time. I had no problem with them saying it was was not with with, with from Wuhan uh, lab because that government it was the flu. All right, and I don't take the flu shot. I wasn't going to take the COVID shot, but I did want to take it because uh, even if it would have helped, I'd have been reticent to take it. And the reason was because I didn't think it was really tested. You know, the rats didn't even get to test it, and so so that was my reason. But. I want to say this, that when, when, they, when it started, all that stuff started about these athletes falling out. At first, I was kind of falling for it. Well, then I went back and found everyone I could find, and it was way overblown. They would say, all right, so what would happen is they would, someone would fall down today, maybe in Barcelona, okay? That's, that's happened, all right? But then when he would fall, then Gateway Pundit would pick six of them from the past and play them too. And you would think six people fell today. No, it was six people over three or four years, which is not unusual. So I've not bought into the, any, this thing that 
is cause and heart problems. I haven't bought into it, but I also haven't bought into the fact that you can force me to take it. You see what I'm saying? And I haven't taken it because I thought it was untested. But I, I'm not convinced it whatsoever that it's killing people. Not at all. And so I kind of wanted to see what you guys thought of that. I think that any flu vaccine, two percent of the people die from it. That was that's a high percentage. At all. That's a high okay. percentage. Oh, two of every people, two of every hundred people who cross the interstate get hit. <laughs> well, uh, you know, but that's not widely reported. That's what was reported. I'm not sure that's even true. Yeah, okay? I agree. I got you. How, do, how would anybody uh, ever know that? We can't, we can't trust data anymore. A human, normal human data is, you know, it's like this was way before this uh, whole you know, COVID thing, but there was good evidence and good studies that showed 50% of all studies were bullshit. And oh, that don't forget Chris they, is on here. Turned out to not be true. Man, don't forget Chris is on here. I know, but I can't say it any other way. I, I thought that anyway, was, I, I didn't know that. I thought that was Spanish when he said that word. It's French, Spanish, <laughs> <whatever>. Colloquial French. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, the, the, that even in science, it is widely known that you have to continue to study this new study. Let's say a study comes out and says this. 50% chance it's totally wrong. And that you have to wait for time to expire before you know if this holds up. And so when you have all that, you can't. And then data, it, it really depends on who's behind it. You know, the food right. pyramid. Let's just talk about that for two seconds. We all said this was people were making policy based on the food pyramid. Totally wrong. Wow. Yeah. The more and beef you eat, the better you are. It, it turns out it was funded by, you know, you know, the somebody in the food industry that wanted to uh, sell more grains and less meat. Uh, you know, and, and then we find out there's some, you know, something that came out recently. It's a headline, so I'm not putting much credence into it. That there's something in like all the cereals that basically makes you sterile. That's the newest thing. Can you believe that? No, you can't. <laughs> it has low credibility, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, now, I eat oatmeal every morning. Well, now they're saying that yeah. causes cancer. I, 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 you know what? Life causes cancer. <laughs> all right. So, Dwayne, well, you have been conspicuously quiet during this. Um, but before I hand it over to you, I want to say one last thing because I forgot to say this. I don't personally know anybody who's died from the vaccine. That tells you something. I know some people that died from the flu, but I've never known anybody die from the vaccine at all. Every, I've never heard anybody get into flu vaccine and it kill them. And I've never heard anybody get got this 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 um, COVID thing and died from it. So I've been skeptical about that all along. But I am very skeptical that they want me to take it too. No, I don't think so. <laughs> You're not putting that in me, not, not, not voluntarily. I mean, Dwayne? So I know some people that have taken the various um, COVID vaccines and have had some deathly um, reactions to it. But is it myocarditis? Myocarditis. Myocarditis, yeah. Yeah, yeah that and, and some other things, blood clots. I've seen where people take the vaccine and within just a couple of weeks, these different um, these different um, 
syndromes happen or incidences would happen, and it would be so close to when they got the vaccine that it's hard to say that there's no chance that they're related. They probably are related. Matter of fact, these some of these same things happen to people who caught the novel, uh, the the novel COVID virus in early 2020, and what I suspect is going on, and some of the information I see supports this, is that the vaccines can be so good at replicating the COVID virus itself without actually making you sick, but your body is tricked into thinking it has it. And its reaction is the symptoms of these problems with the inflammation and the blood clots. That tends to be your body reacting or overreacting to it thinks it's infected. I read that somewhere. That's a good point. That's a good point. You, you know, you know what? You, go ahead. And so some people's bodies will react to different degrees of the various vaccines. So as far as the, um, the, the blood clotting goes, we kind of looked at that. And my wife and one of my sons would probably be at a higher risk of the blood clot, higher risk of their body overreacting. And so prophylactically, I had them take um, 81, what is it, 81 milligram, the the low-dose aspirin. I had them take the low-dose aspirin for a week prior to taking their vaccine and then continue taking it for several weeks thereafter just to lightly thin their blood a little bit to try to counteract the possibility of the blood clotting. Okay. Well, you know, it's it's one of those things is until they do a, a peer-reviewed study that's truly peer-reviewed, I'm not going to, I don't, I, it's all anecdotal. And I, and I just, I, but, but I want to say this real quick. Then I, then I, I, do you have anything to say about this, about no. the vaccines? All right. Let me say this real quick about the COVID itself. I, I, when you can't narrow something down for me, I stay skeptical. For instance, global warming. If it gets colder, it's global warming. If it gets warmer, it's global warming. If it rains, it's global warming. If tornado hurricanes come, it's global warming. If they don't come, it's global warming. You can't, all the symptoms of everything is global warming. That's how I know it's fake. I just know it's fake. Well, that's the same thing with, with, with COVID. Well, you know, the stomach virus, the cold, the flu, the ingrown toenail, all of those are signs and symptoms of, of COVID. And when you take the test, it's 50% chance that it's false positive. That was a fake virus, guys. That was in everything. COVID was everything. COVID was, was global warming in the body. They Everything that you possibly could get, they were saying was COVID. I know that, 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 that people are going to argue with me about it, but during, while it was happening, I was laughing. I would, get on, I would find the, the, the CDC's symptoms for COVID. It included everything that could go wrong with your body. We were laughing about it on this podcast. I'm convinced there was no COVID. I'm just telling you, they lied to us. There was a big, it was a big psyop. I, I totally disagree with that. We I knew had you actual <laughs> people that were innovated for a month. They got they the were f- in the morgue and those bodies that were both innovated. Um, like in a coma, and those that had died were definitely a spike from your fake COVID, or if you want to just say 
flu on steroids. If I so. if, if I if you get a cold today and I take and you go to the the ER and I put you on a ventilator, you're probably going to die. The need to go on a ventilator. They, they, that, no, no, they were they were spikes. they were trying to force somebody I know personally to get on no, a ventilator. And I, no, let me that, let, let me finish. That, let me finish. I can tell you that I know somebody personally, very close, went to the ER. They tried to put on a ventilator, and I tried to tackle those guys, and they stopped. They wanted to put him on a ventilator. It would have killed him. I'm telling you, he would be dead. My so that, that, of- may, that, may, that may be true, but that doesn't account for the dramatic necessity to put so many people on ventilators to the point we were running out nationwide. There were no ne- – first of all, there were no necessities. They just did it. Number two, that's a falsity. We never had a shortage of ventilators. That is totally and completely false, period. How, how do you know that it was false? Uh, because they, because they, what they did was they shut down Ford to make those things, and there was no place to send them. Yeah, that was, that was afterwards. Nope. But there no, was well, yeah, shortage yeah. But, but, but see, Dwayne, where I think you're missing it. This is where I think you're missing it. I think you're missing it is, is they never needed to go on those ventilators. They were killing people with it. And I'm going to tell you that Katie, my daughter, is the first one who brought that to my attention right during the middle of it. And she's going, it's killing people. These ventilators are. And sure enough, I started watching it. And that's absolutely true. So, again, I can't. I, this isn't something I'm making up now. This is something that we were talking about real time. When, when a person's O2 level drops below a certain level, you need to put them on a ventilator or they're going to die. That you know, we, again, again, I believe that you have bought into a psyop. I think that those guys at the CIA that were selling all do, this. Do, this have, you, have you seen? Have you seen people at the end of their life and watched their O2 level? I, I, have I, you seen people that are, that have? Um, do you remember? And you, watched their O2 level. Do you remember that I'm a med mal attorney? Of course, I know about that. <laughs> I, I understand that you're a med mal attorney and you look at paperwork and facts on paper. I'm talking about being in a hospital watching somebody with an O2 monitor machine in real time. It's an it's oximeter. Or having an asthma attack. It's an oximeter and they stick it on their finger. And, and, and I can say this, that, that, that I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, but it's the biggest damned lie that there was some type of I a rush. I don't understand how somebody makes that machine lie to me. Listen, I'm telling you, they were going to do that to somebody I know very well. They were using all of their standards to do that, and he did not belong on a ventilator. We, I, I convinced their family to say no, 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 and he lived. He would have died. I'm well, telling you, you, you he would have died. Have a, you can have a doctor that's, that calls it too early and say somebody needs to be on it. That's what they were doing. They may not. That's what well, they were doing. That's not, that's not what they did with everybody. That's what they were doing to too many people. And they were isolating Maybe. them. They were isolating them. It was, it was an ugly, murderous thing that they did with those ventilators. And they were ventilators that never got used. I'm telling you, that's a fact. They never got used. There was never an overrun of the ERs. I know this. I know this because they were saying that they were saying it was happening in Baton Rouge. I happened to be there. It was not overrun. It was a, a absolute, not just a lie. It was a damn lie. They, they, that was a psyop from the word go. And I, and I love disagreeing with you on this. Everybody needs to know this. Dwayne and I can do this. <laughs> this is part of the show. I, I'm, I, I respect your opinion, though. I really do. But I, I disagree with it vehemently. This thing was a psyop from the word go. 
from the word go. It was a, well, it was a way to steal that election. True, wasn't it true that if you were on a ventilator, ventilator before COVID, if they put you on one, you had a 12% chance of living? Exactly. Once you're on it, you're dead. Basically, consider them dead. I know of one person who was very old that did get weaned from the ventilator. The rest of them died. It's it's now, not a it's also, not a good thing. Could it also be because they're so far gone? They probably would have died with or without it. That's what they're going to say, Glenn. That's what they're going to say. But I'm going to tell you something. When Katie, I was still living at four or six when that happened. I'll never forget it. She came down there and she says, "I've been reading about these ventilators, and and there's doctors are saying don't do that because it's going to kill you. So be ready if you go to the hospital or something. Don't let them put you on a ventilator." And then I started following this thing, and then, and again. Trump, um, he 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 greased the, the the rail, so to speak, to get these ventilators built, and they left. They were left unused. Well, I I personally caught the the novel COVID nineteen on about January first of twenty twenty, and I pretty much monitored all my symptoms throughout the ten days that I had it, and that was the most severe flu slash pneumonia I'd ever had in my life. And I literally went seven days without eating, three of which I forced myself to take broth because I knew what was going to happen if I didn't take something. I was only right. drinking water on occasion. So I know the illness is legit. I, I have no doubt people were getting the flu that year, a very bad flu. Okay, I have I've no had doubt the flu about before. that. That was never anything like the flu. The closest it was was pneumonia that I caught one right. time, and it was even worse than that. I've had the stomach virus that lasted four or five days, dehydrating. It was the most horrible, absolutely worst thing that I've ever gone through. Thought I was going to die. Really, in fact, I asked God just take. I didn't want to live. It was that bad. They just didn't name it. They didn't call it COVID nineteen. They just said James had stomach virus. But if everybody started getting that stomach virus and they named it the Chris virus, then we would all, hey, man, I got the Chris virus. You see what I'm saying? They named it. They gave it a name. And then everybody said they got, Charlotte got a cold one day, so I got COVID. And I said, Charlotte, that's a cold. You know, it's, it's a cold. Now, I'm not, I'm not doubting people got sick and some people died from it, but that's every year. People are going to die from the flu every year. It happens here in Ruston every year. Somebody dies, you go, did you know so-and-so died? He's only 57. My friend of 50 years had COVID. They put him on the uh, ventilator. He died pretty quickly. Yeah, the ventilator kills you. So anyway, I love to disagree with Dwayne. He's the one to fight me back. Dwayne's too polite. He'll back off. Dwayne, he he likes to fight. But Glenn Glenn likes to intellectually you to death. What happens is if Glenn just slowly but surely tears up your argument, and if you rant, he just laughs at you. But, but, but Dwayne and I get on it. I like Glenn's summary. Yeah, Glenn summarizes, summarizes very well. And I want you to summarize how we could have made this podcast better, Glenn. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, the way I've made my part of the podcast better, we could have all – we could have done this as the PJs in Houghton, uh, <laughs> which has delicious coffee, wonderful boosted tea, all-natural Red Bull, of course, delicious breakfast pastries, uh, breakfast sandwiches, lunch sandwiches, zap chips in a wonderful environment with uh, wonderful music. And we would just have gone to another level. Yes. And let me tell you this, that, that 
we can't afford all the time to get high, you know, the high dollar coffee like that. So I go to the store and get Charlotte some of that Brookshire stuff. And I try to sneak it in and I gave it to her this morning. She wanted to throw it on me because she said she knew she had two PJs left. <laughs> anyway, she does love it. She, I think she does that. Is it dark French? Is that what it is? French roast. Yeah. French roast. She loves it. She loves it. And she sure, genuinely can taste the difference because I, I make her coffee in the morning. That's I, I pat me on the back. But I, I will, I will give her that Brookshire's, or I don't, I won't tell her which ones which. She knows. There's no question. She knows. Thank you, guys, Dwayne. Thank you, as always, man. Yeah, Dwayne. Take it to us. And 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 Mr. Chris, thanks for coming. Hey, uh, good to meet you. And and I'm, 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 but the reason I want to say this, Dwayne, I am so appreciative of him standing up for Sidney Powell. He's the first one who has stood side by side with me and said. Sidney Powell was canceled unwrong, was canceled wrongfully. Thank you guys for listening. Um, tomorrow will be Wednesday. Is that right? Yep. We will be talking about what we, what were we talking about? You were there for that. It was a recorded Monday yesterday. <laughs> we're going to talk about what happened after the, after the, 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 the uh, apostles saw Jesus Christ, that it changed their men, their, their ministry drastically. Uh, yes. Jim, Jim is on all fours. Like no other. So I look. I, I recommend how you listen to it. But Chris, thank you for coming, man. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. You're always welcome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.